What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CPA Zone, a podcast where we discuss tax strategies and accounting tips for entrepreneurs and real estate investors. My name's Ryan Kulis, and our company, The Kulis Group, offers tax planning and advisory services for entrepreneurs like you. Whether it's bookkeeping, tax planning, or CFO services that you're looking for, we've got you covered. What's up, everybody? Ryan Pulis here with today's episode of the CPA Zone. This episode is brought to you by the Pulis Group, a tax and accounting firm specializing in tax planning and advisory services for small business owners and real estate investors. Today, we're going to discuss the balance sheet. We briefly touched on this financial report a few episodes ago when we discussed the three main financial statements. And in the last video, we talked briefly about the income statement, which when combined with the balance sheet shows you the general health of your business. And when you combine both the income statement and balance sheet with the statement of cash flows, you get a real complete picture of your business's financial position. So the income statement, as a reminder, shows your profitability over a period of time, typically a month, quarter, or a year, while the balance sheet shows you the financial condition of your business on a specific date and time, usually a month end or year end. However, you can run this as of any date, so it could be June 30th. July 15th, December 31st, October 2nd, whatever date you choose, it's a snapshot of your business at that point in time. The balance sheet report is broken down into three core sections. We have assets, which show what the business owns. Things like cash, receivables, equipment, fixed assets. These are the the assets owned by the business and used by the business. Liabilities are what your business owes to others. These are debt obligations. And then third, we have owner's equity. This is what you have invested into the business plus any profits generated by the business that were reinvested that get captured into retained earnings. So retained earnings is simply the cumulative net income and losses from all of your prior income statements minus what you've taken out in distributions. At the end of the year, the income statement zeroes out all of the income and expense accounts to retained earnings. So you start over the new income statement at the beginning of each year. The balance sheet accounts are all the permanent accounts. They continue to build and accumulate over time. There's a formula for the balance sheet, and this formula is assets equals liabilities plus owner's equity. So the two sides must balance, hence the name balance sheet. The main idea behind the balance sheet is that the business must earn or pay for any assets it acquires. For example, if a company buys a new piece of equipment, then it either pays cash, borrows money to make the purchase, or a combination of the two. If the company pays cash, there's an increase in assets equal to the cost of the new equipment and an offsetting decrease to cash, also an asset. And that's going to be for the same amount. So the end result is a zero impact on total assets You simply just change the balance in two different categories of assets, the cash and the equipment. Now, let's say the business borrows money to make the purchase. Now, the assets increase by the cost of the equipment, and this time liabilities also increase by the same amount, keeping the balance sheet in balance. You're going to have an increase in assets for the cost of the equipment, let's say $1,000. Then you'll have $1,000 liability for the money borrowed to purchase that equipment. As you pay that liability off, let's say it was a six-month liability, And six months from the purchase of that equipment, you paid it off. You would decrease cash by $1,000 and decrease the liability by $1,000. Again, keeping the balance sheet in balance. 
The one thing you want to make sure that's done with your balance sheet as the business owner, you or someone that works for you, like a bookkeeper, should be keeping your balance sheet accounts reconciled. You should be able to prove what makes up the balance in each account of your assets and liabilities on your balance sheet. So if your balance sheet accounts are all tied down then and reconciled, then you know your income statement's right. Because if we can prove out the balance in each balance sheet account, then the difference, net income, which is a portion of the equity section of your balance sheet, needs to be correct. Now, maybe things are misclassified, and that's why you want to also do a review every month of your profit and loss or income statement to make sure things are being coded in the proper categories. But tying down those balance sheet balances is very important. And I find this is one area many business owners, especially small business owners, don't focus on. They tend to pay far more attention to the income statement and neglect the balance sheet. Now, if when it comes to your bank and credit card accounts, you should be reconciling them every single month. It's a very good practice to get into. Other accounts may only require quarterly or annual reconciliation. They may not be to, need to be looked at quite as often, but those bank and credit card accounts should really be looked at every month. And it's just a good practice to get into right away, right when you start your business. Generally, when we see businesses that have cash issues or, or their books are a wreck and they don't understand why they're not making money, it's because they either haven't been reconciling their accounts or if they have reconciliations in place, the reconciliation reports are full of large unexplained variances. So it really, you have to go back and start recreating things to figure out where things went wrong. And generally, you go back in time and start reconciling again from a point in time when you were sure the, book, the books were in a good condition. So reconciliations, you use to prove the amounts in the balance sheet accounts that tie out to some other source document. So an example would be your December cash balance on your balance sheet should roughly equal what's reflected on your December bank statement. Now, of course, you may have reconciling items. For example, checks that haven't cleared the bank but are recorded in your books would be an example of a reconciling item, and that's fine. When you list those reconciling items, you're going to end up with a variance or difference of zero. So you're proving out any difference between what's on your books in that December bank statement by listing the reconciling items. So now we just took a little detour to discuss reconciliations and, and how important they are. Because I can't stress enough how how important that is to stay on top of and make sure your books are in good order. So let's get back to our talk of the balance sheet itself and the three main types of balance sheet accounts. So we said assets show what you own, liabilities show what you owe to others, debts and obligations, and equity represents the owner's stake in the company assets after deducting liabilities. So basically, if you closed down the business today and sold all the assets and paid off all the debts, equity is what's left over to give to the owners. So the assets and liabilities are further broken out by current and non-current items, or non-current can also be referred to as long-term. So current assets and current liabilities are those that are expected to settle in a year or less. For example, accounts receivable would be listed as a current asset because it shouldn't take you longer than a year to collect from a customer. Credit card liabilities are current liabilities because you typically pay the balance off in less than a year. Now, some items are non-current or long-term. They are expected to last a year or more. So fixed assets like computers and equipment, they're expected to last more than a year. So they're listed as non-current or long-term on the balance sheet. And bank loan, for example, would be an example of a long-term liability because it's going to take you more than a year to pay that loan off. Another long-term liability may be a loan for a business vehicle. You know, typically those are three, five, six-year loans that come with the asset purchase. Now, because equity represents the owner's stake in the business, 
there is no long-term or current, non-current portion of equity. Equity just is what it is. You may see a few different accounts, retained earnings, current year income or loss. Often you'll see distributions and contributions broken out separately, which eventually close to retained earnings in the following year. But there's no current and non-current portion of owner's equity. So now that we've talked about the main account types, let's touch on some common balance sheet ratios. So there are dozens of ratios we can calculate using the balance sheet, but today we'll talk about four of the more common. First, we have the current ratio. This is current assets divided by current liabilities. It's a measure of a company's liquidity. It shows how likely the company's able to cover current liabilities by using current assets. So a higher ratio greater than one generally indicates the company has plenty of liquid assets on hand to cover their short-term obligations. The second ratio, which is very similar to the first, is what's called the quick ratio. So it's very similar to the current ratio, except we remove inventory and prepaid expenses from the current assets number in the numerator. So this it's another liquidity ratio, but it's a bit more conservative and only includes those current assets that are quickly and easily converted to cash. Sometimes it may take a bit of time to sell inventory. So the quick ratio is just a more conservative version of the current ratio, and they're both liquid liquidity ratios. Our third ratio we'll touch on today is the debt-to-equity ratio, which tells you the degree to which a company's financing its operations through debt. This ratio is calculated by dividing total liabilities by total equity. A high ratio might indicate that companies relying too heavily on debt to finance its operations and may lead to higher financial risk. Finally, we have our return on equity ratio, or metric might be a better term here. This tells us how efficient a company is in generating its profit. So it's calculated by dividing, you take net income, divide that by total equity. Now, as we previously mentioned, on the balance sheet, you'll generally see a line for current year net income. So you can calculate this metric strictly by using the balance sheet. If for some reason your balance sheet doesn't show the current year net income, you'll need to uh, run an income statement and take the net income from there. So again, return on equity is simply, simply the net income divided by equity. So that about does it for today's discussion on the balance sheet. Hopefully this was helpful and you have there's something useful you can take back and use in your business. Have a great day. So that about does it for this episode of the CPA Zone. Thanks for listening and I hope you found something valuable that you can take away. We are taking on new clients and if you'd like to work with us, and go to our website and fill out the client intake form on our contact page. This can be found at thepulisgroup.com forward slash contact. That's T-H-E-P-U-L-I-C-E-G-R-O-U-P dot com forward slash contact.